In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Everyone repeat after me. He must increase, but I must decrease. He must decrease, but I must decrease. Okay, memorize that. Say it over and over again. Dream about it. Why? People that are aware of, people that kind of survey the culture, people that survey the society that we're living in now, and anybody that does it analytically and seriously will say, especially a younger generation, but not exclusive to the younger generation, we have developed a serious mental health crisis. And by mental health, I mean Exaggerated anxiety, I mean emotional disturbance, instability, uh, great depression, low, like severely low self-esteem issues, all these kinds of things. It's everywhere. It's everywhere, it's in the air, it seems like it's plaguing. It seems like a, a, almost an epidemic. And I'm not a psychologist, so I'm not gonna speak to that too much as far as the causality and stuff goes, but I can say that it has a lot to do with how spoiled we are as a culture. We have more things, more money, more stuff, more goods, more provisions today than at any point in human history and maybe most parts of human history combined. We simply don't feel the difficulty of necessity anymore. It's difficult for us to feel like we're in need any longer. Which, thank God, thank God we're not starving. Thank God we're not impoverished. Thank God we're not dealing with war. Thank God we're not dealing with many of the things that pretty much every generation before us has had to endure. And that way, thank God that we don't have to suffer like everybody else has, has had to suffer for all of human history. Thank God for that. But it does have its adverse effects. The comfort, the luxury, the ease of life has its adverse effects. One of the main ones being that we, we've become a culture of waste. Have you noticed that? You know, people in other parts of the world, most parts of the world, would be scandalized by looking at our trash cans when they see a bunch of food in there, for example. Or things, stuff, just thrown away because it holds no value anymore because we have so much stuff that things just don't hold any value any longer. John Henry Newman, who's a great saint and a scholar, and he was a cardinal and he was many things, he was an academic, from England in the 1800s, had the same desk for almost his entire life, certainly for decades. Had one desk for all that time because he didn't come from a wasteful culture like ours. Now we change them every year or two or something like that. We change our cars every couple of years and we have a wasteful culture. And it's not to say that this is you know, the, the biggest sin in the world. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it develops a mindset. I think that it, it becomes a worldview. 
things don't hold very much value anymore. And when things don't hold very much value, they can be easily thrown away with. They can be easily done away with. And if we have something that can easily be done away with, certainly we won't appreciate it because we can just very easily throw it away. And when we can't appreciate it, we can't also be thankful for it. And now that's the problem. When we can't be grateful, then we can't be happy. It's impossible. When we don't value things or people in our lives, when we don't appreciate them, it's impossible for us to be happy. Joy comes from receiving from God the gifts that he desires to give us. But if all the things that he gives us are just waste or potential waste, potential trash, there's no way that we value them and therefore there's no way that we can be grateful for them. And there's no way then that we can rejoice in them. They're just stuff now. They're not a gift from my Father in heaven. They're just stuff. Holds no sentimental value, no significance, no meaning in my life. It's just this product as opposed to another product. John the Baptist is a great saint for many reasons. And I think the Gospel reading today, two of the things that he says in the Gospel reading show why he's such a great saint. When, let's contextualize the, the reading today a little bit. John the Baptist is baptizing. He's the one that, that introduced the liturgy, the, uh, the ritual of baptism into Judea at his time. He's the Baptist. He's the forerunner to Christ. Jesus comes after him with his disciples, and he's also baptizing. Now, we know what John says. He says, I baptize with water. One will come after me who baptizes with fire in the Spirit, whose sandals... I'm unworthy to untie. So Jesus is also baptizing with his disciples. Now everybody's going to Jesus. And that has a lot to do with John the Baptist telling people, he's the one. Go to him. My job is done. Go to, go to the, the center now. Go to the, the star of the show. So when people are doing that, the disciples of John are getting jealous on John's behalf. And they go up to him and they say, you baptized this guy, you bore witness to this guy, and he's, all the crowds are going to him now. Kind of trying to you know, implicitly tell him, do something about it, you're losing your followers, you're losing your, your platform, so to speak. But John says, his first response is, no one can receive anything except what is given him from heaven. You see, John is a great saint because... He understands that everything is received. Everything is given over as a gift by God. We deserve nothing. We deserve absolutely nothing. You and I, we deserve absolutely nothing. In fact, if we really get down to it, the only thing we actually deserve is eternal hell. You and me, we all deserve that. If God is going to be just, if God is going to be fair, we would all, we should all, go to hell because of our sins. We really have nothing by which we can tell God, look at how good I am, look at how wonderful I am, look how much I deserve to go to heaven. No, we don't deserve that. Certainly we don't deserve to live in the most prosperous time, in the most prosperous place in all of human history. So why all the ingratitude? Why all the misery? Why all the anxiety? Why all the depression. 
when things seem to be so prosperous, we have everything that we want and more beyond our imagination. And yet everybody walks around kind of empty-eyed, as if nothing matters. Because when nothing holds value, then nothing matters. When nothing is seen as a gift, then everything is seen as merely an object. And it doesn't matter. The next thing will come around and it'll be better than this one and I can throw this one away and, and, and take the next one. But this is the problem. You see, John the Baptist is a great saint because he's able to say, no one can receive anything except what is given him from heaven. And saying, everything is a gift from God and I hold everything in value because it comes from God. I appreciate every little thing that I have because it comes from God and I don't deserve it and God has decided to give me this thing. And I, I hold it with sentimental value. I appreciate it. I cherish this thing as a gift from my Heavenly Father who loves me and whom I love. And I'm going to cherish it with everything that I am. And I'm not just going to waste it, toss it, throw it away as if it doesn't have any value, as if it doesn't matter at all. Otherwise, I develop a worldview for myself wherein nothing actually matters. And that's the plague that we live in. And that's, I think, the reason why we feel so much anxiety and depression about things. It's because life seems meaningless. But now if we change our worldview, if we take up the worldview of John the Baptist and, our, and, and we're able to say, I can't receive anything except what is given to me from heaven. And guess what? I have a whole lot of stuff, which you do, and so do I. I have a whole lot of stuff. There's a lot of people in my life. There's a lot of responsibility that I have. There are a lot of goods that I have. There's a lot of food that I have. There's a lot of drink that I have. There's a lot of places that I can go. There's a lot of people that I can visit. Wonderful gifts from God. If I can have the mindset of John the Baptist and say, every little thing is a gift from God, I can cherish all these things. And I tell you honestly, if you can cherish the little things and all of them, you will rejoice. There's no doubt about that. Christian spirituality is built on thanksgiving. This is why the Eucharist is the high sacrament of the church. The Eucharist, Eucharisteo, it means thanksgiving. Jesus receives everything from God and as an act of thanksgiving gives himself totally back to him. He cherishes it, everything from God so much that he desires to give it back to him as his mutual act of love between them. If we cherish these things, if we cherish our lives, if we cherish the lives of the people around us, if we cherish every gift that comes from God, we will begin on the journey towards true joy. John the Baptist does that. And he cherishes his ministry, his prophecy. He appreciates the mission that God has sent him on. But the source is God, and that's the whole point. You see, when a husband... Husbands do this. It's a trick that works every time. When a husband comes home on a random Thursday and he brings uh, flowers and candy to his wife and she appreciates it, she loves it, she's filled with joy and she's happy beyond words, it's not because of the flowers and it's not because of the candy. It's because of the giver. It's because of the husband. It's because of who's giving them over that she's rejoicing. When God gives us the gifts that we have, we rejoice in them, not because of them, but because of who's giving them to us. 
God. We love all things because they come from God. It's the giver that we love. The stuff, like the flowers, is just symbolic of the act of love. But maybe sometimes God will say, I'm giving you these gifts, and now I'm going to take them back for a little bit. Now I'm going to use them for something else. That's when we have to be able to let go. And John the Baptist is a great saint because he's able to let go. He's able to say, God gave me these as a gift, and now he wants them for different purposes. And I can easily let them go because my focus is God. Because I appreciate God. I love God above all things, not only the gifts that he gives me, which I do appreciate and I do cherish, but I appreciate and I cherish them because of who gave them to me. And if he wants them back, he can have them back because I love him above all things. And that's why John is able to say, towards the end of his kind of monologue, he who has the bride is the bridegroom. And he's saying, I'm not the bridegroom. I'm not the center of attention. I'm not him. I'm not Christ. But I'm the friend of the bridegroom. And it's enough for me to be the best man, the friend of the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom rejoices at the bridegroom's voice. And then he says, Therefore, this joy of mine is now full. He must increase, but I must decrease. When God wants his gifts back, when God decides to do something else with the stuff that he has given us, when God decides that he's going to give other people gifts that he's not going to give to us, whatever God is going to do with them, it's all about God. And that's why we have to say, he must increase, but I must decrease. It's not about me. It's about him. I'm not the center. I'm not the Christ. He is. And if he decides to shower me with his gifts, as he does for all of us, thank God. And let's rejoice in that. But if he decides at some point not to, if he decides at some point to diminish it a little bit, if he decides at some point to give it to somebody else, whatever it is, thank God also, because the giver is the whole point. Amen.